You're listening to the sermon audio from the Shore Church located in North Vancouver. For more information about the Shore, upcoming events, or to donate, you can head to www.theshorechurch.ca. Romans chapter 12. And so you can turn to your, in your Bibles or scroll in your Bibles because I would love it in front of you and you can actually uh, walk through it together with, with me. And there's, like I said, there's 28 instructions in here. There's 28 instructions of marks of a Christian. But before I get to that, I just remembered, we've got a little video that I want to show you. Uh, I'm super pumped about this because my daughter is part of our admin team here. And she put this thing on Instagram. And you can actually find it if you scroll all the way to the bottom of the website. It's right there. Um, Because all the things that Instagram go onto our website. But for some reason, we don't know how to put the sound on from the TV. So we're just going to jack up the TV. And this is like really short, but I thought it would be kind of cool to kind of show you this. So check it out. And with that, the 2022 season comes to an end. Good night. said very short but man I'm excited to continue to grow that I gotta turn the volume down here or I echo which sounds actually kind of cool uh, but uh, uh, we're looking forward to those to more of that this coming year in 2023 this is a new season this is the 2023 version of the short church and so, yeah, woo! <laughs> I'm, I'm actually super, if you can't tell, I'm super excited about this new year. Like, this, like I said already, this is the first day of the year and we get to start fresh. We get to start fresh and we get to move forward and we get to have fun with one another and, and build life with one another and do community events with one another and be in, li- in one another's lives and, and get to know one another deeply and disciple one another, and evangelize together, and build community in together. And that's what I want this church to be. I want a church that gathers on a Sunday, and you can't wait to see one another. Like, you can't wait to walk through that door and be greeted by others, and can't wait to see your friends and your family, and just and spend a lot of time hanging out, and, and just run to this place. And then on the same thing through, mon- through Monday through Saturday that you're doing the same thing. You're connecting with one another via text message or a phone call or, or you're getting together for a coffee and you're, you're fellowshipping with one another and having a great time with one another. And you seek it out. You, you seek it out. You don't wait for someone to call you. You call someone. And this, this is the church I want. Like imagine this. Just imagine what it might look like to live this way. And this is what I'm so excited. This is what I've been thinking about, what I would love for the church to be a family on mission together to make Jesus known. A family with, with affection for one another to urgently seek Jesus. So if you're listening online or here in person, my hope and prayer is that we would love Jesus the way he's called us to, the way he has loved us. That's exactly what we're called to in Scripture, just over and over again, to love as Jesus has loved us. That's it. It's the simple two commandments that God has left us is to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love others as he has loved us. 
And so those are the things that Jesus has left us. And what better way to start the new year in Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21, with 28 instructions when you're all sleepy and the kids are here. (laughs) Great idea, Jer. (laughs) Right? Uh, So we're going to bust through these things really quickly. But before we start into the imperatives, the things that we are called to do, we need to see the truth, the indicative, the strength that we live out of. And so you're going to hear me say this kind of language, the indicative and the imperative. The, the, The indicative is the strength, the power, the reason why we actually live out the imperatives. And so there's 28 imperatives, but there's an indicative that we have to notice, and it's on your bulletin if you have one. And you, in, in your Bible, you can scroll back to Romans chapter 11, verse 36, and it's on the screen, and, the, and I actually included verse 1 as well of chapter 12, and it says this. It says, For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever." Amen. There's your indicative. There's your power. For from Jesus, and this is, Paul says this again in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. For from Jesus and through Jesus and to Jesus are all things. That is a truth statement. We've done nothing. Jesus has done everything. Everything is from him. This is the indicative. To him, to Jesus, be glory forever. Amen. And then Paul starts off the imperatives. He goes, then I appeal to you, therefore, based on the Jesus is everything is through him. Brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. This is an imperative out of all the things that Jesus is. It's all through him, for him, to him. Everything is created for his name, for his glory. And we are called now to abide. Like, like Mark or uh, Ryan and Leanne walked through and talked about uh, just last, last night. And we've been thinking about now is to abide in him. To urgently, with urgency, live as a living sacrifice. And verses 2 through, two through, two through 8, you can read on your own. It's basically talking about spiritual gifts and and beginning to all these imperatives of living out. And then in verse 9, it breaks out. And in your Bibles, it actually says, marks of a true Christian. And so let's pray, and then we'll start walking through these together really quickly. Jesus, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you that somehow, some way, you orchestrated all of time that we might be able to stand here in 2023 on January 1st and gather as the church as a fresh start of sorts. And then we might be able to pray for one another, encourage one another through these marks of a a Christian, that we might be able to challenge one another and actually look deeply in our heart and go, is this me? Is this me? I believe in Jesus Christ. Now, Now help me, Lord. Help my unbelief to attach these things to my soul and heart and and physical body. That I might be an example of you and an image bearer of yours in this society around me. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, as I was standing back uh, there worshiping, uh, as we were worshiping together, I was thinking about, man, you know how, how, how you have an inner voice? Like, what you're going to hear in the next 28 instructions is my inner voice speaking to me. All right? And so I might come with some authority because I'm actually talking to myself. 
And so these 28 instructions beat me up as well. Right? So we don't live these things perfectly. We want to want to challenge ourselves and I want to encourage you think through these as we walk through them really slowly well quite quickly actually as we walk through these things I want to ask you the question and to to kind of be aware of like which one do you need to work on this year just pick one out of the 28 or even two and work on those which one is lacking in you that you want to work on so let's look at the first one it says let love be genuine. Let love be genuine. Genuine is something that is real and authentic. It is like you know that you know that you know. Like you know you love someone deeply. Like kids, you know that your mom and dad love you, right? You have clothes on your back. You, get, you got a bed to go to sleep in. You got covers. You got, clo- you got, you got all these things. You got, you got a breakfast. You got a lunch. And you got a dinner. And you got snacks in between. Like we know, right, Rue? You know that mom and dad love you. You know it. I know that you do, right? Like lo- you lo- like love is like you know that you know it's authentic. It's authentic. But sometimes people pretend. Cruz, Rue, sometimes people pretend, right? Like in Halloween, we, we put masks on and we, we pretend to be someone else. And, and when you guys are 18, when you start dating... At 18, um, oh man, sometimes you put masks on in dating. Most oftentimes people do. They, they try to pretend to be someone else. And they put masks on and, and they pretend to be someone else. And, and the problem is that, that creates a lot of problems. You're not being authentic. When you put a mask on, you actually are being a hypocrite. You're not being actually your true self. The Bible says to let lo- your love be genuine. Did not, not put the mask on, to take it off, to be actually who God created you to be. See, many real smart people, like Dwayne Smart, like, like Dwayne Smart, like think like Dwayne Smart for this. Many smart people think Paul here, you guys know 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is like the love chapter. Many, maybe some of you who have been married uh, had that that preach through your marriage ceremony. Well, 1 Corinthians 13, many theologians like Dwayne Smart people think uh, Romans 12, 9 through 21 is one of those things that Paul is going, this also is the love section. So essentially, let love be genuine, this first marker of a Christian. The next 27 are actually how to love genuinely. So think about it that way. This is literally virtues of love, like how to love someone. So when you pretend to be something you are not, like I was saying, you are playing a hypocrite. Love needs to be genuine. And these are marks of a Christian. Take a look at these two verses on John, John 13, 35. It says, by this, all people, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It is a marker of your faith in Jesus that you love your neighbor. Or in 1 John 3, 14, it says, we know that we have passed out of death into life. Like your old self into new self, your death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. So again, markers of a Christian, markers of true faith. So let love be genuine. It's a marker of your faith in Jesus. 
All right, so that's the first one. We've got 27 more to go. That's the longest I want to spend on one because it's a very important one. All right, you guys with me? Let love be genuine. Second one, we're going to bust through these things and then eat some flapjacks, which I'm really excited about as well. All right, so number two is abhor evil. You can see it right there in the text. Abhor evil. This is the context of other Christians. So when, when another Christian is, is walking in sinful behavior, we are called to walk with them, to point these things out. This is not witch hunting someone's sin. This is actually going, I love you enough to say something. It's abhorring the evil around and also abhorring the evil within, saying, you know what, please speak into my life if you see something in me. We need to abhor evil that much that we allow others to speak into our lives. And we see this in Matthew chapter 18, where you go to your brother if they're walking in sin, and you, and you walk with them, and you, you point out they're wrong. Or in Isaiah 1, 16 and 17, where it's on the screen, it says, wash yourselves Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. Bring justice to them. Come alongside those that need help. Number three, hold fast to what is good. Hold what is good in others. When you see purity, when you see righteousness, hold fast to it. Like I say to Braley, like we're, like we're, like training her up to be a basketball player. And I go, you know what? Watch other basketball players. And when, when someone has an amazing move, watch it, learn how to do it, and then make that part of your game. Same thing here. Hold fast to what is good is essentially look into other people's lives and go, wow, that really is amazing. That's really good. That's fruitful. That's image bearing Christ. I want to attach it to my game. I want to hold fast to what is good. Holiness, righteousness, purity. And our culture mocks this. Our culture mocks it. See, Psalm 37, 3, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Attach it to your game. Fourth, love one another with brotherly affection. This is family, like we've talked about. Like, so if you confess with your mouth, it says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, it says, you are saved. That means you and I were brothers in, in Christ. That we're sis, sister and brother in Christ. That we're family. And kids, listen, when you confess Jesus is Lord and you believe it with all of your heart that God raised him from the dead, it says in the Bible that you are saved. Man, confess Jesus today. It's so important. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. Love one another with brotherly affection. Then we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are loyal. We commit to one another. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 9, it says, Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. Paul here is saying in 1 Thessalonians, Guys, we've been talking about this all the time. I don't need to write to you about this anymore. It should be known. And that's what we need to be this year, to be known by our love for one another, our brotherly affection. Number five, outdo one another in showing honor. You speak highly of one another. You praise them as they use the gifts they have been given by God, the spiritual gifts that each one of us is, have, have been given. So when you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are in, in bestowed spiritual gifts. And we were to use those things to build up the church, not to, not to hoard them, but to actually press, press in and use them to build up others. 
So I'll do one another. In Philippians 2, 3, and 4, it says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. We have, we have people in our community right now in the hallway making pancakes and bacon. Yeah, ooh. <laughs> like, awesome, right? They're outdoing love for another. They've put a lot of time and effort this week to, to make this happen. It's not just magic that this thing takes place. They're putting a lot of time and effort and finances into this so that we can all enjoy a meal together. They're outdoing one another in love. Some of you spent time making treats and bringing fruit and all that kind of stuff for the pancakes. Same kind of thing. You're outdoing one another. You're showing love for one another. Six, do not be slothful in zeal. Right? Do not hold back your love for one another. Live wholeheartedly towards one another in love. Express your love for those in the church. Be zealous for them. Be excited for them and be with them. Like Be excited to see one another. Show it in your face, in your body language. And that's why I say like, like when people come in, man, give them a big hug and, and greet them as, with brotherly affection. In Titus 2.14, it says, Who gave himself, Jesus, Jesus gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. He's purchased you. He's given you a, a big hug and, go, and put his arm around you and go, let's go and do some stuff. Let's go and do, let's praise the Father. Let's be zealous. Number seven, be fervent in spirit. The love you have for another is on fire for one another. It, like you can't hold it in anymore, right? There is a genuine intensity in how you love each other. It is a deep sense from your soul. By leaving this out, you would be loving like Christ. Like you have a, a burning sensation in you for one another. Isaiah 62, 1 says, For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. I just can't. My love for you is too much. I just can't keep silent anymore. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not be quiet until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation is a burning torch. I can't wait to see you fired up for Jesus. There's a zealousness for us. There's a fervency in our spirit. Number eight, serve the Lord. Like how easy is that instruction? Serve the Lord. And again, inner voice for me, Jared, serve the Lord. Like what are you doing? What are you doing, Jer? Serve the Lord. To, he, to have a deep desire to serve Christ rather than man. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for men anymore. We serve the Lord. We're new. We're, we're spirit people born again from death to life. And now what, would we, what do we do? Serve the Lord. This is loving genuinely. In other translations, this could be a slave towards the Lord. Like, get your hands there. Use the time given. Like, again, this is a fresh start, friends. A fresh start. January 1st, 2023. And we get to now serve the Lord freshly, using our time wisely this year for the sake of glory, for the sake of God's glory and His good works. To be passionate and to make things awesome for His name. Number nine, we rejoice in hope. When you see someone rejoicing, like it's contagious, right? 
when you see someone fired up and excited, I'm trying to be contagious to you. Like I'm fired up and excited. I'm rejoicing in the Lord and it's contagious. And the, the rejoicing in hope, hope is something you put your trust and your faith in. And so that thing should be Jesus. So if can, rejoicing is contagious and hope is Jesus, then we should loving genuinely should be a contagious love for Jesus Christ. A contagious love for Jesus. And isn't it? Isn't it contagious? Like I've been on mission trips and with people and they, they are like fired up for Jesus. Like, and they're praying all the time. And anytime you say, man, like, yeah, I bonked my knee. Let's pray for it. And, and, and it's like, wow, I've never done that before. But that kind of makes sense. Why wouldn't I? And so the contagiousness of, of rejoicing in the Lord, knowing that he's right there with you. And he loves you. Rejoice in hope. Romans 15, 13 is a prayer and it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. I love that passage. Verse 10, or number 10, patient in tribulation. See, love never stops moving. It endures when under pressure. It endures when trials come. It endures when suffering hits. 1 Corinthians 13, 7, the love chapter, the, the parallel pa passage in 1 Corinthians says, love bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things. So may we show patience in tribulation. May we work things through, loving one another genuinely as Christ loved us. It's not okay to break relationship with one another. Nowhere in Scripture will you find that. Nowhere. Patient in tribulation. May we show patience in tribulation this year in trials and sufferings because we know Jesus loves us with a genuine love. Number 11, constant in prayer. Friends, we must be devoted to prayer. That's why I brought this card up. We must be devoted to prayer. We must be. In your bulletins, you can see on the front page of the bulletin, there's a little prayer. We're going to start praying on starting January 9th, and we're going to probably work it every second Monday uh, together, starting on January 9th. And, and the Combs have opened their house up to us. So Johnny and Sarah have opened their ho home. And, and I would love for the whole church to show up. Sarah's going, ah, uh, right now. But wouldn't that be sweet? That we'd go, you know what, we have, to, we have to rent out a gym for our prayer meetings. How cool would that be? I would use that money for that, wouldn't we? Like, that would be cool. To have to rent a space for our prayer meetings at the Shore Church. That would be sweet. That would be sweet. And so we're going to start at the Combs house, and if we outgrow it, then we're going to rent a space. We're going to find somewhere that would fit us all. Because we want to be people that are constant in prayer and fellowship. So Monday night at January 9th from 8 to 9 p.m., more information will come to you. But January 9th, plan it out that we might be able to pray with one another. So prayer is love. You are essentially interceding at the throne of God. As I prayed as an example for the kids this morning already. Coming to the throne of God, interceding for God that he might save them. Change their hearts that they might fall in love with Jesus. We must be more consistent in this amazing gift from the Lord. Psalm 109.4 says, I give myself to prayer. I give my whole being to prayer. 
1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. See, prayer is commanded everywhere within the Scripture. And may this be a marker for us all. May it be a marker for us as we raise our kids. And kids, I'm glad that you're here, that you might pray as well and might remind mom and dad and say, you know what, we should pray about this. And that we might be marked by it. Number 12, contribute to the needs of the saints. That we might be open-handed towards one another, share with one another, be a faithful giver to those around us. In 1 Timothy 5.8, you can see it on the screen. It says, if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, remember, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. So if we're not preparing for uh, or caring for one another, physically and spiritually and financially and emotionally, we're worse than an unbeliever. Number 13, seek to show hospitality. This is to open your home to those that don't know Jesus yet. Hospitality is different from fellowship. Fellowship is fellowshipping with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Hospitality is translated as looking out to your unbelieving neighbors and invite them into your home. It's being different. It's being different in our society. It's showing hospitality to one another without grumbling, as 1 Peter 4.9 says. This is a mark, actually, of a mature Christian. Like, we're, we're working on raising up elders, a plurality of eldership here at the Shore Church. And one of the qualifications, one of the character traits of an elder is hospitality. It's a marker of a mature Christian. It might be something that we want to work on this year to reach out to our unbelieving friends that we might have them in our home, that we might share Jesus with them. Seek to, seek to show it. Number 14, bless those who persecute you. See, this is the idea of living your life as Jesus lived his. He came to us while we were weak, sinners and enemies. You can see that in Romans chapter 5, 6, 8, and 10. Really easy to memorize. Romans 5, 6, 8, 10. It says weak enemies and sinners. That's when Christ died for us crazy when we were weak enemies and sinners and and jesus is going bless those who persecute you do what i've done follow me abide in me image me and part of imaging him is doing what he has done and that is to go and love on the weak and the enemies and the sinners matthew 5 44 says love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you something that is very hard to do 15 bless do not curse. See, we're never to curse another. This Cursing is a marker of Satan. It's not a marker of Christ. We are called to bless others. See, this coming year, let us be a church to be a blessing to others. Proverbs eleven twenty five says, the one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. Uh, number 16, rejoice with those who rejoice. See, there is much we can rejoice over this past year. That's why I want to show you that little quick video that Allie made. There's a lot of fun that we had this year in our community events here at the church. We, our launch Sunday and, and the fall festival and the different community events as we went walking around. There's a lot of pictures missing out of that little reel. We had a lot of fun as a church, and we are called to rejoice with one another. It says in Philippians 4.4, 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, so he repeats it again, I will say rejoice. Like have fun together. 
There's a passage, I don't have this in my notes, but there's a passage in, I believe it's in Deuteronomy, where it says, like, it's talking about the tithe of the church. And if you can't get your tithe to the people, then use that money, go buy some good drink, some good food, and have a party. It's like, awesome. This is rejoicing in him. Rejoice in him. Number 17, weep with those who weep. Sobering right in the midst of it. Weep with those who weep. So there's a time, as Ecclesiastes says, a time for all kinds. A time for laughter and a time for crying. And we are also to weep with one another. Like there are those in our gathering here in this church that have gone through a horrific season and are in the midst of it. Do we know them? Are, are we weeping with one another? My heart breaks for some of the things that you guys are going through. We need to be better at this. And it requires us to open ourselves to others that we might love one another deeply and to know what you're going through. Christmas can be the most happy season and it can be the most hurtful season at the same time. Weep with those who weep. We can do much better at this. Number 18, live in harmony. Be united with one another. Look to restore relationships. Don't break relationships. If you've got a fractured relationship, stop. Restore it. Do your best to humble yourself. Be the first person to go and say sorry about the thing. You cannot be 100% right. You can't be. If you're 5%, 2%, 1% wrong, go to your neighbor and apologize for that thing. Live in harmony. Colossians 3, 12 through 13 says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. We're called to restore one another. Live in harmony. Number 19, do not be haughty. Think more highly of others than yourselves. First Peter 5, 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that the power, at the proper time he may exalt you. Number 20, associate with the lowly. Look to all as someone you want to get to know. Associate with the lowly. Like, there's a lot of lowly in our society that we need to go and visit. Johnny, Johnny was sharing that they, they were out at White Spot uh, this morning. He was saying they were out at White Spot eating a dinner. And he was like, oh man, there's this homeless guy like knocking on the door, waving at us. And then they realized that it was Ryan. Like, <laughs> I was like, that's a great story. I love that story, right? I was like, did you invite him in? Well, once we realized it was Ryan, no, was that, I'm adding to the story. But it's, it's one of those things, are we seeking that out? Are we looking to the lowly? Are we looking to help them? They just might need some food. They might need a hug. They might need someone to pray for them. Associate with them. Matthew 5, 5 says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Uh, number 21, never be wise in your own sight. 
Walk with humility in all areas of your life. Oh man, do we need to work on this. Be a learner rather than a proclaimer. See, the proclaimer proclaims and, and oftentimes has a hard time learning, even from the lowly. We can learn from everyone. I can't, I love talking to kids. I learn so much from them. We can learn from everybody. Be a learner. Never be wise in your own sight. Proverbs 22, 4 says, The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. It provides life for you. Be a learner. Number 22, repay no one evil for evil. Seek to bless those around you, no matter the situation or circumstances. Matthew 6, 14 says, Forgive others their trespasses. Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Repay no one evil for evil. It's a hard one, isn't it? Number 23, do what is honorable. Do what is honorable. Seek to do the morally excellent thing. The morally excellent thing. Seek to do that. Number 24, live peaceably with all. Like Jesus came to bring peace to the broken world. What a great example to follow. Be a peacemaker this year. Seek to mediate rather than be the, be the firing line. Be a peacemaker. Number 25, never avenge yourselves. This is a hard one for me. Maybe for you too. Never avenge yourselves. Like when you feel wrong, don't you want to get, oftentimes the first word out of a mouth is that's not fair. I had a little saying with my kids, they know what's coming. But when they said, you know what, that's not fair, dad. I was like, oh, you want to know what's fair? Yes, I want to know what's fair. Okay, well, that we go and hang on the cross and die for Jesus, our sin, that's what's fair, not Jesus. And then they go, oh, okay. And then eventually about five years into their, their life, they stop saying that's not fair because they would get the same line every single time. Oh, you want to know what's fair? But I need this too. Because in my heart, in my mind, I'll never say it verbally, but in my heart, I'm thinking it. That's not fair. See, never avenge yourselves. I know my first response when hurt is to hurt back. I've worked hard on this over the 50 years of my life, but it's still there. But vengeance is the Lord's. And if we actually truly believe this, like the vengeance is the Lord's, then we can actually truly love someone because we know perfect justice, right, uh, love, and wrath is coming from the Lord. He is faithful. So I can leave the vengeance to the Lord and I can just love my enemy. Never avenge yourselves. Number 26, feed your enemy. When others are in need, they're not your enemy. They might just need some food. They might just need some food. Look to bless those in need. Feed your enemy, not just physically with food, but also spiritually. We are called to disciple. That's one of our core values here at the Shore Church, to disciple one another, to sharpen each other up. And that's what we were called to do. Feed your enemy. Number 27, almost done. Do not be overcome with evil. This happens so easily. Like evil is so deceptive, isn't it? Like this is the one of those ones that I circle for me. Do not be overcome with evil. Like you feel it, don't you? Watching TV, scrolling through YouTube, scrolling through social media, 
And you can feel, you can sense the evil. But you still do it. May this year we trust and look and and draw near to the comforts of Christ and not be drawn into the evil. Do not be overcome with it. Rule it. Don't let it rule you. So be on guard. Be aware. Evil will overcome you the farther you get away from the Word of God. This is why I keep saying this. I need, like, friends, I need to be this in I need to be in it every single day. I need to. Because I know when I'm not in one day, I know evil overcomes me. And even when I'm in it every single day, evil still attacks. And there's days that I get overcome, even being in the Word every single day. We need to stand up. We need this to be our authority. It is our power and our strength. It is the very words of God that we need to rely on and trust in and, and look to for our comfort. It's imperative that we do not be overcome with evil by the very words of God. Last one, overcome evil with good. This is kind of a bookend. You know, we started with let love be genuine and then we have 27 areas of what love actually is. And this is the bookend. Overcome the evil with good. Overcome evil with good. That's true love. That's true, genuine love to overcome evil with good, to love someone enough that that would overcome and destroy the evil around us. These are the marks of a Christ follower. It's found right there in Romans 12, 9 through 21. Somewhere it's really easy. You can just read it. It's just a list. How are we doing in it? Which ones do you need to challenge yourself with this year that you might add on to your image bearing of Christ Jesus? Circle one or two of them. Post that on your mirror, on a sticky pad, right in front of your face. Let love be genuine. It's a good reminder every morning as you're combing your hair, if you have it, combing your beard, whatever it might be. These are marks of a true Christ follower. So as we begin this year, which one of these seems to be most challenging and you want to add to your... And then tell someone about it. Tell someone, which one do you need to work on? Let's be accountable to one another. Let's care for one another in this. And maybe it's here today that you just come alongside one and go, hey, can you keep me accountable to this marker of a Christ follower? And I need help in it. Let me close with this one passage, Ryan, the band. Why don't you guys come on up? It's on the screen there, and we can, we can read this together. But it's Philippians 3, 12 through 16. Then I'm going to jump to 4, verse 1. The only reason really I'm jumping to 4, verse 1 is because it's a, really long, it's a lo- little bit of a longer passage. But I, you get the point of this, and you can read it all on your own. But Philippians is an amazing book. And that, what a suiting passage for the first day of the year. It says this, not that I have already obtained this, these 28 markers, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, 
but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, think this way of putting off the old and putting on the new. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, let's stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Let me pray. Jesus, I thank you so much for your amazing word. It's so clear on how we are to live. It's so clear. You've not held back any punches. You've given us it right there for us to live by. And now I ask that you might empower us by your spirit to live these things that you're calling us to, how we can abide in you. And I pray, Lord, that we will never, ever, ever forget the indicative, the power where this comes from, that we might not turn these things into religious behavior, but that we would always use these things for your glory and remember that it's for you, Jesus, to you, for you, from you. You are the strength. You are the power. You are the comfort. You are the redeemer. You are the one that called us. You are the one that gave us your righteousness to save us. You redeemed us through, by faith, by grace, by your word. It's nothing to do with us. So Lord, now that you are the strength, you are the power that, that we might live these things out for your name's sake and your glory. And I pray this for this church, Lord, for this year and for the years to come that we might be uh, image bearers of you in these markers. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.